Hello again, everybody. This is uh, Jason Powers. So, the final backstop and a way to stop the federal overreach into one's life is, call, is a call for a constitutional convention. Some are worried about the outcomes of such a convention, and rightly so. We, the people, are facing a CCP monster that has made communism palatable to people that do not or will not understand the death toll extracted from the CCP model under Mao and now Xi as he celebrates his hundred, as the CCP's 100th anniversary. really took off in the 90s when you had a big influx of Chinese nationals into California and other places, many of them still loyal or beholden or compromised by the Communist Party of China. And then you had organizations like the Committee of a Hundred set up in the early 90s by Henry Kissinger and others. And this there's a big um, an alliance of um, American Chinese business leaders, cultural leaders, political leaders who are basically pushing the communist Chinese line in this country. They're involved in American media, American politics, American culture, American elections, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. All of it is, is manifestations of Communist Party influence in this country. So with Black Lives Matter, the executive director was herself a self-proclaimed Marxist, and she's since stepped down. But why do you think so many people were okay with following a, you know, Marxist ideology? We all believe in justice. But social justice means forced redistribution of wealth or socialism. But it sounds a lot more attractive than socialism. You know, anti-racism sounds a lot more attractive than um, racial division and racial hatred. But, but it's the same thing. But it sounds so much better. And so twice as many people support it. The communists are great at semantics. They're great at twisting and using the meanings of the word so that their messaging, when they use a word, we get one meaning from it but their supporters get another.
So this is going to create tension. This is going to create turmoil. And this could lead to a civil war in the United States. And the Communist Party of China would be rubbing their hands in glee because that's what they want to do. They want this country to devolve into chaos so that when they start their planned invasion, they'll be marching into a conquered country. Fundamental idea, I think, about that it gains traction in America is there is this uh, audience for uh, socioeconomic improvement. And uh, of course, now there are still poor people and there's still rich people. And so the, the, the separation of the poor and rich um, is still there. And so that's why it gains traction. Now, why has it also gained a lot of traction is through higher education. In the 60s, um, when communism in its, in its uh, definition was very much opposed in America, but creeping in the corner was a different form of communism, and it took a different name. It actually manifested as almost a, a socialist or sort of a anti-war or a counterculture uh, revolution in the 60s. And those people that participated in the events, the socialists or the communists of the 60s, they went into higher education. They became professors. They became influential people. They became celebrities. So can you imagine now, uh, since the 60s, those people have educated two or three de uh, generations of Americans. And so throughout time, now that we're 50 years after that uh, period, 60 years after that period, um, we those ideas have become the normal thing. So this is not a, a generation thing. It's actually a uh, multiple generation uh, event. So this evolution in itself is a process of, uh, because America is a free society, we're allowed to say what we want, think how we want. It has allowed these ideas to manifest. And uh, so higher education has been the breeding ground of what they're calling new liberal ideas, but in reality, a lot of these are the communist ideas that radical individuals have taken into higher education. So there you go. That's a, actually that's almost a um, echoing of uh, Yuri Besmanov's uh, talking about. The, we've had two or three decades of brainwashing of uh, the soft minds of uh, liberals, kids. Now you have people that are indoctrinated, indoctrinating other people. And Trevor Loudon, this is from a, um, a, a article called "The CCP Has Infiltrated Every Level of the American Education," uh, in, uh, by Tiffany Meyer. So she was doing the interview. So I thought I'd start there because um, uh, the title of this episode is "The Thirty Eighth Parallel," which is um, uh, echoing uh, two things: the Thirty Eighth Air Parallel uh, in uh, the wartime uh, Vietnam, and the Thirty Eighth Parallel as in the Thirty Eight States needed to uh, uh, achieve a constitutional amendment change. And so, uh, we'll before we get there, we'll uh, do some reading here first. One is from a, a tweet called uh, by the Ethical Skeptic. Um, he summarizes um, what we're kind of uh, situating in the party's ownership of means of production. We, at their mercy as vendor, must pay regardless of whether or not the device's services work. The party is, after all, a mafia at heart. In order to survive, whole, wholesale re retail must pass the penalty on to you. You must work harder. Therefore, you, as a consuming nation, must pay for any shortfall on the party of the uh, part of the party place your margin at sole risk bear all fixed and sourcing costs pay guaranteed margins to the party royalty as sourcing aka enslavement 
In this way, the CCP has enslaved both the value provider, manufacturing workers, and the risk bearer, consuming entity workers. It is the ultimate form of cartel par- power. This car- cartel must be busted. So that gives you kind of, it gives you the economic structure in a nutshell, and and how we have gotten to this point. Uh, they've been infu- they've been using a, a concept called uh, BGY, which is stands for a blue, gold, and yellow in uh, unrestricted warfare of the CCP. Uh, blue being as in blue information, so in other words, information that is uh, misinformation about a person, smear campaigns. G stands for gold, which is self-explanatory. You're buying off politicians or buying off uh, particular persons. And Y uh, stands for uh, yellow, stands for uh, uh, sex or so basically um, Eric Swalwell's favorite girl, uh, Christina Fang, which has been going on for a number of years in in the uh, United States and around the world where these uh, Chinese agents who are attached to the CCP and of course many of them will say well I had no choice um, because they their families are blackmailed or uh, in order for them to have their families not be relocated to a uh, concentration camp or something they must go out and do whatever the the party wants them to do desires them to do uh, this is a you know like I said when it, this is a terrorist operation by the way uh, they are terrorizing not just the United States, which is where I'm at, but the entire Western civilization. They're entire terrorizing Britain. They're terrorizing Spain. They're terrorizing Germany. They're terrorizing Australia. They're terrorizing uh, Africa. They're terrorizing everybody who they think they can suck resources from. Uh, recently, uh, Joe Biden decided that he wants to get out of Afghanistan, which is fair enough. But we spent 20 years there and spent all kinds of, uh, of uh, military uh, operations and money, lost lives, killed thousands and thousands of people. Who knows how many? I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. But a substantial portion of uh, their hidden uh, populations. And now we're going to pull out. And it just so happens that they, uh, Afghanistan has one of the largest uh, lithium uh Holdings in the world and probably has mineral deposits of of a several uh, several trillion dollars. This is quite interesting because this has never been really been used or mentioned. We've heard, we've heard a lot about the poppy fields, but we haven't heard a lot about uh, what uh, what guards it. And this isn't to say that they that they should have been exploited for that at all. But here's the thing: if you're going to uh, put this way, we we you you. We we call it, you double your mistakes. Not only did you enter a war with Afghanistan to quote unquote you know get the Taliban as uh, George Bush said and, and you know hunt down the terrorists as he said, but on top of that you didn't get anything uh, ostensibly out of it because it's a decentralized country. You have warlords. You have all these little factions there, and we did nothing to promote uh, economic stability. We didn't learn how to negotiate with them, and now we're going to pull out, and then the CCP is immediately going to come in right back, in, going to come in right behind us, and they're planning on doing uh, their little negotiation because obviously they're closer by and they're going to do what they have to do. Like I said, I'm not suggesting that the United States should stay there, but it is quite convenient that the the, the, the buffoonery that is the 
the U.S. military, the U.S. State Department, the U.S. Pentagon turned into the turned into the creating one of the greatest mistakes of of uh, capital expenditure, of lost lives, destroyed lives, uh, focus overseas in the Middle East for twenty years. You can blame that on George Herbert. Uh, you can blame that on George Herbert Walker Bush. You can blame it on George W. Bush. You can blame it on Barack Obama. Some people will blame it on uh, uh, Trump because he didn't pull out quick enough. Albeit, when he did try to attempt to pull out, they were told him, no, 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 you can't do it. But now, Joe Biden is glad to do it because Joe Biden is working with the Chinese Communist Party. He's a traitor to their country anyway. So he's doing it at the behest of their, their, their a, 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 a assertions. One can, one can only imagine how many back-channel... Back uh, conversations are happening between the whatever the Biden administration whoever runs the Biden administration which isn't Joe Biden but they probably have been told uh, from the CCP that they need to do these things and the Biden administration is glad to do it since we've uh, been infiltrated so deeply and we have so many people that are working in Washington DC that are working against our, our best interests this nation's interest this country's interest i don't really want to say nation that our sovereignty is being uh eroded by uh in, in, in uh, basically from in foreign investors uh buying up land and stuff like that this of course needs to stop like immediately and these people these perpetrators of of uh treason against the united states need to be rounded up yes i said rounded up uh, communists need to get the bullet too at the end. Certainly, if they've committed or guilty of treason or guilty of espionage, I mean, we've done this before. This has happened to other traitors to this country. We used to not put up with this stuff, but of course, we are in a different time frame, and we have too many people who, who are too they they're only sensitive when it when it's when it's somebody somebody they want to protect. Uh, even though they committed huge crimes and atrocities against the United States. But, of course, uh, as we just realized, you know, we have people out here that actually think communism is a good thing. You know, they forget about the one-child policy. They forget about how, how many women over in China have been uh, torn open and, and uh, had their babies removed by force. That was uh, actually uh, from a, a person who has dealt with, uh, who has actually been in China and uh, uh, has seen the the, the, the struggles of uh, of a host of you know ordinary citizens, the poor there. And no matter how much money they get, it only goes to one part of the one segment of the population. That's the whole goal of communism. It's a one world government. It's about it's supposed that the elite will continue to hold on to money and power, and the rest of us will be their feudal serfs. Despite what people think, this is this is the this has been the great wealth extraction of the last uh, well twenty years from China, and now in the past eighteen months with the wealth extraction from billionaires extracting it out of the middle class, uh, destroying uh, destroying uh, businesses, using COVID as a hoax as a cover scheme, using health uh, edicts that have been nothing but detrimental to society and lockdowns and. And a host of other policies that have no bearing because they were all generated by the CCP. The CCP owes owes the world tens of trillions of dollars for all the damage they've done and caused, and they will be held accountable. 
Mark my word, they will be held accountable. They're not going to destroy this country. We're going to destroy them. We're going to have to wipe the CCP from the face of the earth. They, this is this is this is where we're at, and I think that that's ostensibly the case. That you have to, it's either us or them, and I know that the dichotomy there is unfortunate, but it is what it is. We're not going to. You can't. You can't stand by and let them destroy your country or destroy your society just because you feel sorry for their people. Their people. The best way to help their people is to rid them of the CCP, which is going to have to be done through whatever mechanisms are available, which eventually will lead to conflict. Um, and I know everybody will be scared about World War Three and the the whole you know nuclear options. Well. It won't necessarily be generated by us, but if we devolve into civil war, then they will take over our country, and that'll be it. That's the reason why people in this country need to wake up and realize who the real enemy is and not fight amongst themselves. But, of course, explaining that to somebody who's been psychologically manipulated for the last 20 or 30 years or 50 years of their life because they've been indoctrinated so much and have no concept of what's going on, and don't realize how much wealth was generated throughout the world to bring people out of poverty. There's even there's plenty of numbers and statistics out there that, to, to show and reflect that. But of course now, this just the opposite is being true. The uh, what's called the Gini coefficient, which is a coefficient of disparity in wealth, is being acerbated by people who are at the very top of this pyramid in China and around the world, the World Economic Forum and whatnot are trying to purposely extract wealth from everybody below them because they hate us so much. They hate they hate people who believe in anything other than them. These people are sociopathic, psychopathic. They have no love of God and they have no love of country. That's why they're such glo- that's why they're internationalists, that's why they're globalists, that's the reason why they're they are the psychopaths that they are. They don't care about you. They care about they they're gleefully in, in entertaining the destruction of the United States because if the United States falls, then freedom falls with it. That's where we're at as a country. Now, to the second part of this, which is a solution. I've talked about the problem. I've talked about what our reaction probably will be. But one thing that can be done is that we need to work at the state level. And when I say the state level, according to the Constitution, there's two ways to amend it. You can amend it through the legislatures, uh, the, through the federal legislatures, through the uh, the process, and then it has to be approved by the states. You have to approve 38. Uh, it goes through uh, passage, two-thirds majority through both House and Senate for an amendment change, but then it has to be approved by the states at, at three-fourths vote. The problem is, is that that is a long and a prolonged process to get a change into an amendment. The last amendment that passed was in 1992 or 93, and that was for Congress. They voted themselves a pay raise. Uh, that's the last amendment that passed. ERA was the last, uh, I guess you could say, a last amendment that failed with, uh, I think it had like 35 or 36 states, so it came really close to being an uh, uh, equal rights amendment. It was about, was about the women. And there was a host of things that came along with it. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about it, but it was a it was ramped up in the late 70s. It was a big thing. It was a big push for the uh, the communist of the time, the 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 first generation of socialists that came out of the colleges that went on to be professors, young professors that are 
just they're just obsessed with this concept of uh, this Darwinistic, uh, atheistic, uh, non non. They 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 proclaim to have some spirituality, but they have none. They don't understand. They can't even understand the evolution of of man as a as a uh, matter of progress versus the reality that something greater than you puts you here. Something greater than all of us is a, is available. But just because you can't grasp it or can't see it or can't actually find it, whether you can find it inside a human cell or human nature or find it in the universe, actually be able to grasp it and touch it, you ever think that maybe it's in everything and everybody, but yet they can't, they can, there's no way to possibly ascertain what that particular thing is. But there is something larger than all of us, and we, we just, we just can't, we just, being uh, ever curious, we're actually ever stupid as, as well. Now, granted, do I do I think that everybody should uh, uh, look at prophets that have come along or people who have come along in history and and uh, put all their put all their eggs in that basket? I guess it depends upon who you are, with the faith and belief in something, uh, belief in and goodness and kindness and and then of course there's always been this political interjection from the the from the marxist from these communists that uh, they they interject into like the bible for example that jesus was a socialist or this or that or everything it's like if if you looked at it from that point of view jesus predated any concept of marxism uh, and feudalism and a host of other things and oh by the way back then everybody was enslaved but for of course a select few so in essence there was a, a sense of a, almost a totalitarian rule under you know you had to become a citizen and there was a whole every empire was ruled based upon uh, a ruling class over its uh, you know using God as a then it was uh, about proclaiming oneself a, a deity, and over through the years and over through the the millennia, that is adapted from uh, being obvious that you're not a god, you're just another human being. To then it became bloodline related, then it became uh, tied to uh, well, uh, uh, intellectual or moral superiority. To now, I mean, today in th- this day and age, it's just back to. You know, I have the gold, I make the rules. And that's the, that's actually the concept of something like Xi and other things. Or I have the military, and there, therefore I make the rules. And this is where I understand where people today in our society, in the American society, get all bent out of shape because of all our military overreach. That military overreach, though, has been relatively mild and also very segmented based upon whether or not you believe that our... Our federal institutions have ever operated anything other than for themselves? And that's a good question. Because at the end of World War II, we had the military to annihilate the entire world at that particular instance. We did. It goes without saying. If you looked at the numerical superiority, it wouldn't have been a contest. We didn't do it. If America was such an evil nation, we would have at that particular moment flipped the flipped the switch and therefore done something evil and therefore we would be we and of course there are many they'll say well you dropped an atomic bomb we didn't drop the atomic bomb that was harry s truman 
and there can be an argument made that he saved lives as many as he killed because if we would have had to invade Japan and I don't know there's been numerous stories out there say that Japan Japan was willing to offer its surrender in numerous cases along the way who knows and I don't know who 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 received those communiques and whether they were passed upon appropriately one can never tell there's probably there there probably exists in in history plenty of communications that were passed along but were probably with caveats and involved with it you know they were bargaining and negotiating for their own existence which of course they were they didn't stop fighting they didn't stop fighting in Okinawa they put up the their the, the the closer that you got to their homeland the more uh, uh, more battles became bloodier more costlier on both sides which is a tragedy which is what war is and there are some instances of uh, I, and I'm only putting that in perspective because we just came through the 4th of July and our nation's founding of 245 years. Ostensibly, I know other people will argue over whether it's July 2nd or whether it's uh, September, I think it's September 19th, uh, 1789, etc., etc., whatever the case may be. I'm not going to get into that particular argument. There's dates on the calendar that are always been noted for certain instances of what happened on that particular date several hundred years ago point is is when you look at the constitutional uh initiatives that we need to put together one of the things that happens is at the state at the state level there is a uh uh, the mechanism there is is in the more conservative more conservative people's favor at this point because many of the state houses are, are, are 31 of the 50 uh, states are controlled by the Republicans, both the House, both the state houses and the state Senate. And if you get to 34, you can call for a convention. And if you get to 38, you can get an amendment passed. Now that there has been and I've talked to a, a lawyer who mentioned that, yeah, that does open the Constitution up to editing, which is something that is dangerous. So I'm going to read a couple passages here. One's from, this is actually from a very leftist site. It's called commoncause.org. I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs here. Too few Americans are even aware that a constitutional convention can be called, let alone that there would be no checks on its scope, and further that the process to call one is well underway and being underwritten by some of the nation's, nation's richest individuals. So this is a, this is, like I said, this is a leftist site. Calls for a convention are coming from the right and left, with more money, a stronger campaign structure, and national coordination on the right. That's a lie. There's more. There's more money on the left by, you know, multiple, multiple amounts, and you can verify that by the fact that during the federal elections of 2020, that the left spent probably 3.5 billion dollars on the U.S. presidency, while Trump's campaign only only garnered about 800 million. That doesn't mean he didn't spend any money. It just or or that his campaign funding from from the grassroots uh, level was substantially uh, smaller than the left's eager anticipation of the election, and therefore their the amount of money thrown in by billionaires, uh, Michael Bloomberg, one point one billion dollars. He by himself outspent Trump. Mark Zuckerberg he put in four hundred million dollars. 
We don't even know about the, the, the amount of money that didn't go directly in campaign contributions or funding that came through. Uh, uh, what I'm saying, all the all the campaigning, all the Bernie Sanders, all the Elizabeth Warrens, everybody who was involved in this, the Joe Biden campaign, all those monies were on the Democrat sides, and all those things were funded by liberal causes and liberal people. So it doesn't that this is not a this is not a better organized or uh, situation on the right. It never has been. This is always a liberal talking point that falls flat when you think about the reality of the media, the educational system, the federal bureaucracy, etc., etc. There's plenty of institutions, and they're all aligned on the left. We have Ameri- we have corporations, for example. Uh, CNBC did a, a, a had a interview, multiple interviews that I captured where uh, they were talking to a Yale professor who happened to have. Uh, 45 or 50 CEOs and they were all lined against Trump and he, he took a survey and he had one one survey was 100% and the other survey was 92%. So you try to tell me that all these surveys that were taken and of course he didn't mention names. He he was doing it under, you know, cloak of secrecy, but that should tell you the level of uh of uh, uh what you're fighting against. You're fighting against corporate America. You're fighting against all these forces. And it has nothing to do with being on the right. Being on the right anymore is being a moderate, for cripe's sakes. Um, A number of the major conservative organizations and donors include Merck, Family, and the Koch-funded groups such as the American Legislative Exchange Council have renewed and intensified efforts to thrust this issue into the spotlights after years of inactivity. So if they were inactive for so long... I mean, <laughs> and this was initially written in 2017 and then updated, they said, in 2021. But that just tells you the difference between how people look at this. So, the, yeah, there is a there is a uh, organization out there that is working on this. It's called the Convention of States. Uh, it is supported by various people. And I'll tell you who they are as soon as I get, get over here. So, Eric Matakis, um, Sarah Palin, Dr. James Dobson. Uh, Marco Rubio, Mike Huckabee, Pete Hegseth, uh, Lawrence Reed, Bobby Jindal, and Steve Hilton, and Steve uh, Deese, Representative Jeff Duncan, Pete Coors, Congressman William Timmons, Mr. David Barton, Ralph Norman, Bill Cowan, Jeb Bush, <laughs> Jim Talent, uh, Michael Ferris, Robbie Nadelson, Jim DeMint, another Louis Gomert, David Horowitz, and uh, and David Horowitz is an interesting person. The greatest weakness displayed in defending our foundations by those of us who cherish them is our failure to leverage the power we have to stop the assault of institutions and values. Convention of states is your chance to prevent the federal government from extruding its powers into areas which it was never signed designed to do. This is your opportunity to leverage your power in defense of the constitutional system and the nation nation it created. So, Honorable uh, Kenneth uh, Cuccinelli, uh, Morton Blackwell, the Texas Public Policy Center, Mississippi, Ron DeSantis is up behind it, Ben Shapiro, the neocon, Mark Meadows, Ben Carson, Mark Levin, Alan West, who's now running for governor in Texas, uh, Rand Paul, Greg Abbott, so he's going to be running against Greg Abbott, and Charlie Kirk, uh, James O'Keefe, 
we know who he is, Sean Hannity, Lawrence, Lawrence Jones. So I just gave you the list of everybody that's signed on to this. Some are decent enough people. <laughs> Some are asshats, if you want to be truthful, if I'm going to be truthful about it. See, in every situation where you have conservatives and neocons, um, they're going to always want to influence this. So, yeah, the one thing about a convention of states is that it opens up the entire Constitution to editing. Now, there are things that we want to keep in this thing. Um, for example, I mean, I think that if you look at the Bill of Rights, we would want to uh, cement them and keep the language probably as much as original as possible. The thing is with this is there's no telling what, where it might go, and that's the reason why so many people probably feel there's a substantial risk to that in a, a number of other situations. And there may not be no, there may be no way that changes because you have to still get 38 of 50 states, which is why before you can even do this, you have to lay the, get the foundation in place, which is what I'm attempting to do. I'm going to put together a master list of all... I mean, I'm using Ballotpedia, so this isn't something I, I'm doing just haphazardly. I'm, I'm using it as a... Uh, I'm going to create an Excel or a master database, and then I'm going to add in videos and information on people's... Um, their positions, we think, or we hope they're their positions. The point is, is our state legislatures have to be solidified to be as much as humanly possible uh, more on the conservative and or constitutionalist side strict constructionist which is a, a key portion of any situation I think uh, we've come to a point in our history where if we don't start thinking about keeping our country together we're going to find ourselves substantially uh, being uh, overrun by these communists that have uh, decided that it's more important. I mean, here's the thing. They've resented us since... The, uh, we've been resented since our birth. Many people think that... Or have used this this uh, a moniker of... Oh, we stole America. It's quite entertaining. Because when you had the Spanish land here... You had the British land here... You had the French land here... You had even the Netherlands here. The Russians were were uh, uh, exploring over uh, from their lands over into the western uh, passageway, uh, western passageway through Canada, northern Canada, and up into Washington. There was all kinds of exploration that was going on. Really, the only major <clears throat> uh, long-standing power that didn't explore over here was uh, the Chinese. That was it. And maybe they missed out on an opportunity. Who knows? Uh, I mean, obviously we can say that. Well, you know, whose fault is that? And like I said, I just mentioned all these major European and, and, and uh, even, uh, I guess you could say, Asian powers who were inter interjecting themselves into North, uh, at what would, it, would be called North America and South America. Now the Spanish interjected themselves in all kinds of uh, South American countries. In Portuguese, uh, Portugal too. I mean, we know the Portuguese is spoken. Where is it? Uh, fucking, I can't even think of it off the top of my head. The point being is, is uh, there's always been countries who have uh, 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 European nations who are explorers who went out and, and the Vikings, for example, they all explored around the world, 
and so did the Chinese in, the, in their backyard, and they subjugated people, and they enslaved people. This has been going on for thousands of years. This is nothing new. The, 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 to, to go through the grasp of go through the history books and to look at who started what is a, is a, is a, a almost almost a fruitless endeavor. It's important to get the information as much as humanly possible correct, but to sit there and just slowly blame people for what they did 500 years ago or 400 years ago and think that you know better than they you're so much better than they are. Well, you had the you had the you had the luxury of hindsight, and that's a probably one of the key flaws to just about every leftist argument that I've ever met. They have the benefit of they have the benefit of their looking back in through a prism of the past and say, "Oh, because of this, this is the reason why everything's all messed up." It's like great, you know. The funny thing is, is in the present, the only thing you want to do is just tear down anything that re- re- reminds you of what the past is, instead of taking what is currently available to you and making a making better use of your time in order to improve yourself so that you can be a better person and serve society in a better way and create something that actually is a good initiative as we all know it's much easier to destroy things than it is to create things why do you think the chinese are so invested on destroying the united states of america why do you think they're so evil why do you think the the CCP hates us so much? They've hated us. They they blame us for what happened in 1840 because at that particular point in time, the British were involved in their their inter- affairs, and the British were the most powerful quote empire on the on the uh, face of the earth at the time. And the British were pissed off that they lost to us, and the British were over there opium deals and opium wars and. And, and they've always, they called it their century of uh, humiliation. And they've lumped us in with that category, uh, categorization uh, because of our dealings with them in the 1890s and early, early 20th century, the co-prosperity sphere that we, we entertained. See, we've, more than once we went over to China and tried to quote, up, quote, quote unquote set up business relationships with them because they've had a huge population. And trade is, this is where globalizations always fail because globalization always says, oh, it's all about free trade. But it's never about free trade. It's because no sooner you get involved with these people, they turn on you in a New York minute. They put you under their thumb. And this is, this is the, this is the problem with dealing with a certain, certain societies around the world. They, they do elite capture. They do BGY on you and they, they get you involved in some scandal so that they can control you and manipulate you. They're not interested in doing good partnerships. They're interested in control and power and they're interested in making their money. And that, that goes both ways. Don't get me wrong. It goes both ways. There's plenty of Western assholes that have done the same thing and, and vice versa. So anywhere you go, everybody's looking to con and manipulate somebody. And it, is, and it has nothing to do with really the color of your skin. But the problem I have, and the problem you should have now, is the Chinese released a biological weapon. And, thank, and thanks to people like Fauci and Peter, da, uh, Peter Daszak, who's a British subject, by the way. He's not an American. Between those people who, uh, who were invested in and entertaining gain of function and working with uh, Zhe, uh, that, that bat lady, Zhe Ling, and... 
influencing and creating gain of function there and thus creating the virus that wound up escaping from a lab, either escaping and or purposely let go, and then hiding the information and then promoting the lockdowns and promoting the propaganda. You have dealt with a very treacherous organization. And of course it was all a lot of it was retaliatory because they were pissed off that Trump wanted them to actually be beholden to a trade deal. That Trump wanted a good good trade wanted a fair trade deal with them and wanted them to stop stealing American technology and stop infiltrating our country. But of course they're not gonna want to do that. They're mobsters. They're hitmen. They don't give a shit about the United States. They want to destroy this country. And matter of fact, Trump needs to tone down this, oh, I try to have a good relationship with him, and call Xi for what he is. He's a sociopath and needs to be dealt, dealt with. And the best way to deal with him, actually, is to undermine his uh, his power by, you know, I don't know, uh, putting a grain embargo against their country, blockading their ports, making it, making it hard for them. I want them to lash out. I want them to be the lashers out first. Because then they'll, they'll turn the, the tide against them. Right now they're acting like they're morally superior to the United States. And they're not, by the way. But in the end result, if we don't take back our, our power from our federal government and actually run our, our country uh, through you know, creating bulk words against uh, uh, infiltration, uh, foreign direct uh, investment at the state level, uh, creating a federal government that that is smaller, much smaller, taking away jobs, putting in election laws that make sense, going back to paper ballots, going back to you know voter ID, uh, submitting uh, you know residency forms and the whole nine yards to actually be on the voter rolls. And I know people don't like that because the Democrats want to cheat. That's all they ever want to do is cheat. They only want wide open election laws because it helps them helps them uh, go out and hustle people up and hustle people votes. And I know they'll say the same thing about the Republicans. Of course the Republicans want to restrict the vote. You know why they want to restrict the vote to certain people? Is because they want people that are actually loyal to this country. The Democrats har- harbor such ill will against the country. And I'm not even, and here's the thing, I don't even particularly care for the Republicans because there's so many of them that are just, they're bought and paid for too. They're rhinos. So I don't even like the Democrat-Republican concept. I like, I think that it's about Americanism versus anybody else who's against that. Uh, the nationalism of the country to support and defend the Constitution versus all the globalization that's been going on. Uh, that's where where it's probably more uh, indicative. But it, it, let's just put it this way: there's probably 80 or 85 percent of Republicans that are aligned with uh, uh, a strong uh, national state, and the the, the remaining 10 or 15 percent are bought and paid for throughout the country, and they 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 hide in the shadows. They're the worst traitors. They need to be eliminated out of the the party. Let them go become Democrats, or let them try to run on their own accord. And the Democrats are probably 90% bought by the CCP and and are all on board globalization and communism. So that's the that's a, that's just a rough estimate. I could be wrong. It could be a lot less on the Republican side, and it could probably be a lot more on the Democrat side. So you never know. We're uh, we're up against it, and my voice is getting tired, and uh, I think I've said enough. Um, the point is the point I was trying to get to with this actually 
it wasn't my greatest broadcast, is that there are opportunities to make a progress uh, and make attempts to, to help our country or backstop its uh, existence. Um, through constitutional convention, There's that's the last saving throw. I think that's actually the thing we should probably go to as a last resort. I think that's the most uh, uh, salient aspect of this broadcast is that uh, when all else fails, we're going to have to do that. Let's hope that we can t- reteach Americans to be uh, better patriots, to understand their country better, to not be like a Cory Bush who, who still thinks that, that the country's uh, against her, which is quite entertaining since she's a member of co- Congress. She She's amongst a sm- special group of people who have ever got to represent their nation in, in Congress, and yet she sees nothing special in that. It kind of speaks to the kind of it speaks to the character that's actually involved there, and you can throw in the Ilhan Omars and the AOCs and the Rashida Tlaibs and the Ayanna Presleys. You'll notice they're all women. They're hardcore leftists. They don't care about our society. All they care about is grifting off of whatever their name recognition is. They couldn't care less about this country. All they care about is what they can do to destroy it. And eventually that is going to be what they'll do if, if, if we keep on re-electing these idiots. And there may, be, there may be some way to, at the federal level, if you can fix the state level, then the federal level should follow from that. But it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of time. So God bless the United States of America. I hope everybody had a good 4th of July. We must march on and continue to fight every day against the forces aligned against us. Thank you.